you're back on the Raise of Her podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode. I say yet another episode like fuck we survived another survived another week. Another week, another <laughs> we episode, still, yeah. We, we still have listeners, thank fuck. <laughs> I say that but uh, well, honestly thank you to everyone that actually uh gave us feedback on the last episode. Uh when I say feedback it makes it sound bad but it was good feedback. Uh but thank you so much for the guys and also uh we wouldn't be here without you guys it's something we uh, enjoy doing a lot and we're glad you guys enjoyed it as well so once again thank you to all our should i say viewers or fans bro should i say viewers or fans let's say fans because you know fans, bro, sounds fans. nah listeners to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> and hope you yes. guys are staying safe i know bro holy shit um i had a look at the cases this morning 233 or 63 33 right 62 but like oh, i i didn't i don't li- like I don't watch the news for the cases anymore anyway. Like someone's bound to tell me, which is why I know the number. But yeah, yeah. generally speaking, I avoid the news and everything at, at all costs at this point. But it's just annoying. You're going to see the same, like literally the, you know, the the interview, whatever the press conference they have, it's the same thing every day. Get vaccinated. Um, you know, we need to, you know, get more people vaccinated. You guys need to follow the orders. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, <laughs> like what else is like? There's literally, no point. Literally, this, this, you know how they start their uh, like the broadcast. Mm. It's the same way I start every episode. <laughs> we start the episode. Yeah, bro. Like honestly, at this point, uh, yeah, there's no point. Like, cause because of how high the case numbers are, I just stopped looking at it because it's not like some miracle thing's gonna happen where tomorrow there's gonna be like ten cases. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, there's no yeah. point. So at this point, I'm just gonna wait it out until or end of August. Then I'll get an update. You, and then see how things are going. Just, just turn the TV off, check the remote out. Be like, I'll, I'll I'll check back in August and see how everything is going. Yeah, bro. Like otherwise, seeps. I can't, cannot be bothered. Um, and other than that, bro. Like I think, I think, um, I try to stop even talking about it because everyone hears about it. Everyone's stressed about it. So let's uh, move on to how's the week been and stuff like that. Week's been uh good. Had a bit of a, a scare a few days ago. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, had a few. Bit of, I won't share too much. Uh, but it was. It was a bit of scary, a bit of a heart attack. Not really. I wasn't too stressed about it. Uh, but yeah, just yeah, overreacting, bro. Just being too sensitive, mate. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you, are you gaslighting? Am I gaslighting you? I don't know, bro. If you, if you listen, <laughs> if you don't want gaslighting, is listen to our previous episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's been good. How about you? Yeah, it's been a chill week. You know, just literally like. I downloaded League of Legends again, so I've literally, you know, it helps so much yeah. to pass the time. I'm not even going to lie. Like, yeah. because each game goes for like, what, easy 20 to 40 minutes? Yeah. So generally speaking, it helps a lot when it comes to passing time within the day. And, you know, because when you're at home, That's the day goes so slow. So, That's not a bad idea for a topic as well. Gaming. Yeah. Gaming. Yeah, gaming's good. Gaming's gaming good. good, right? I play, uh, I play COD with a bunch of, a uh, bunch of boys. Uh, shout out to uh jt ayush uh yeah jt and ayush for that uh we basically play every second day or so and we literally go from like 10 to like you know one or two and it's the most therapeutic thing ever oh yeah it's very nice i agree right Mm -hmm. so i highly recommend i highly recommend i also think we should really do an episode on that but once again boobs what is today's episode even though I know so, what it is. <laughs> all right, yeah. So today's episode is all about defense mechanisms. So, uh, so basically, this uh, topic looks into the ways we react to situations when you know we're faced with like highly in anxious 
situations or stressful situations and the ways we react to them and, you know, the defense mechanisms that we use, why we use them, how they work, where does it come from, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be super interesting. I found it super interesting when I was researching it. Um, a very, yeah, I, very interesting. I found it super uh, interesting just reading the research that Bhuman did. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is super interesting because I think a lot of people need to, I guess, before we look into it, defense mechanisms that they're good defense mechanisms. Like, you know, defense mechanisms aren't necessarily always a bad thing. They're there for a reason. They help us cope in situations that we may not be able to otherwise cope in. Um, yeah. It's only when, I guess, in situations where, you know, you're using it on a consistent basis is when it may become a problem. So we're looking onto all of that today, uh, you know, as we move along with the episode. So I guess, you know, Mike, I guess let's start it off. I guess the first thing that people would want to, I guess, figure out is where, what are defense mechanisms? How do they work? Where do they come from and whatnot? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So this, this one here, basically it, it came from, very controversial figure in psychology, actually. His name was Sigmund Freud. So, and he had his theory of personality. So he had, I think it was a like, um, I don't know exactly what the theory was, but there was a model within that theory, which consisted of the mind having three, um, three forces, right? Yeah. So those three are forces. These, are, these, are these like the, you know, the Star Wars forces? Or like, you know, yeah, exactly, mate. It's like, same, you know, the same one, one, right? Same you know, one. The exact yeah. same forces, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, and those three forces consisted of three things. So first one was the ID. So the id is what oh, you can, I usually like to call it ID. I don't know exactly if you pronounce it id or ID. I say ID. And the, and the ID consists of the unconscious um you know, urges that we have to just survive, you know, like these are just things that are just ingrained in us primitive, you know, so for example, food, sex, comfort, that's, you know, the ID. Yes. Then there's, there's the thing called the super ego. That's the second. And this is our internalized, like, you know, morals and values that we've held from different people. We've learned from our families, friends, society, and whatnot. And then there comes the ego. The ego is what moderates the super ego and ID, right? So that's basically what this model consists of. So for example, we're in an anxious situation. What happens is the ID clashes with the super ego. And as a result, the ego has to come in and moderate this by using self-deception strategies, you know, to help the discomfort that you're feeling. So okay. that's why, and that's what the, like, you know, defense mechanism is. And it's is a it strategy developed by the ego to protect against anxiety. Much of the time, the de defense mechanisms are used unconsciously, but as we yeah. look forward, uh, you'll notice that they are also consciously used. So you're saying this is not exact, like with these forces, it's not exact an exact balance between them. It's always like one kind of, uh, I guess, overlaps the other or overtakes the other. Yeah, so it's when it's once they start clashing, right? So the thing is, this remember this is like um, this is basically I'm looking at from Sigmund's like Sigmund. Uh, I won't even call him Sigmund. I'll call him Freud. Everyone goes by Freud. So Freud, yeah, we're looking at it from Freud, Freud's yeah. perspective. And and the thing is, even though a lot of his you know thoughts and things within psychology, even though a lot of them may not have transcended throughout you know uh, today, uh, generally speaking, though. This one has, and like, it's, it's still researched by scientists and everything. And you're right. Like it, it is when there's a lot of, when there's that imbalance and clash that occurs and then the ego comes in to be like, yo, we're going to stop this. We're going to put ourselves in a situation where we avoid the anxious situation by doing something within, right? Can you, can you, you reckon you can give an example of how, 
like a, I guess, a practical example of how this would work? Yeah. So when we look at the different kinds of mechanisms, because there's like so many, yeah. I'll give you plenty of examples. Don't worry. All right. Easy, easy. <laughs> yeah. So there's like, uh, I guess uh, the second part of it all is like, you know how, you know, so for example, you know, you've mentioned in previous episodes, you have anxiety, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you have different kinds of anxiety yourself? Like, do you feel like, or do you think the anxiety that you have (laughs) is, is always the same type of one? You got me the first part. I'm like, there are different kinds of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. And maybe when I explain it to you, you'll understand why. Sense. And then yeah. you may be able to relate. But I just wanted to ask, do you feel like there's different kinds of anxiety for yourself? No. No. Huh? Okay. I feel like I feel like it's I feel like if anyone's going through these kind of, you know, mental I wouldn't call it issues, just yeah. mental things, right? Mm. Anxiety, depression, they don't realize there are different kinds of it. So they're very oblivious to it, right? So saying that, yeah, I don't think, I didn't realize there are different kinds of anxiety. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when I explain this, let me know if your mind changes. Okay. So Freud identified three kinds of anxiety. And the thing is, these kinds of, um, you know, I guess, kinds of anxiety are something that everyone can potentially experience. It doesn't necessarily mean you have, you have an anxiety disorder. It's not, it's everyone, you know, goes, has some like, you know, experiences anxiety in some way or another. Uh, so the first one is moral anxiety and that's where we, you know, it's the fear of going against our own values, principles that we've held upheld, you know, from birth, say birth, childhood uh, that we've developed over time. For example, you know, when we were in school, first time, like, you know, us being Indian, South Brown, you know, Brown family and everything like that, the term, you know, just jigging school would bring an anxious thought in us, right? We wouldn't, we couldn't like be like, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I mean. Like, because we had the principle that we have to stay in school. So that's what I mean by moral anxiety. Another thing is not going to church on Sunday. You've been raised in a Catholic family, maybe for example. And you're like, okay. So I think both those examples are very, very relatable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So people that, you know, cause, uh, in high school, I think I feel like everyone at some point jigged. Oh yeah, for sure. But I remember the first time I did, yeah. it was a very anxious situation. Like I was so okay. scared to just walk out those gates. Do you know what I mean? Because as you yeah. said, like, uh, it, it goes against your morals and right? principles yeah, that exactly. our parents have taught us. So that's what I mean. That's called moral anxiety. The second one is called neurotic anxiety. And this is where we'll lose control of our like primitive urges, which will result, result in punishment for inappropriate behavior. So for example, this is where, you know, say, you know, our primitive urges include food, sex, comfort. So I think an, like an important one is sex, right? So like, you know, things I, from my understanding is that if we lose control of like our sexual urges, yeah, we'll get punished for inappropriate behavior because, you know, you don't know what like you know you could do in those kinds of situations repeat that so you think if we if we what lose control of our primitive urges so these urges are the unconscious ones that we have so it's it's like in those kinds of situations that's neurotic anxiety and the last one is called reality anxiety and that's the fear of real world events okay so that could be something such as right now like covid right we don't know what's going to happen um with with the whole situation right now with lockdown we don't know, like at this point, it looks, it looks like it's never ending. So you have that anxiety there. Um, there's spiders. You could be scared of spiders, cockroaches, snakes, you know, all that stuff. So that's reality, like reality anxiety. So now tell of, me, do you feel like you relate to any of like different kinds of anxieties? I mean, yeah, 100%. I think out of yeah. all three, I would relate to moral anxiety the most. Because once again, 
mm. jigging school and i don't think you know jigging school is just one example but there's so many examples in life where you're at a crossroads right where you have to choose between your morals and yeah. you know um and going against them right I, mm-hmm. that's With right reality anxiety i think that's the most common one 100% sure. 100% i mean a lot of people that are in the final year of university right now will have that i i guess a reality anxiety because they're going you know reality is finally hitting them like you know i'm going to leave university they have to do the capstone there's so much exactly. to do in life mm. so i think uh out of those three those two are the most something i can relate to a lot as well yeah yeah so uh moving forward now we'll look at like you know this is where it gets really interesting because we're going to be looking at the different kinds of defense mechanisms so although there's like a numerous amount we're going to look at the like nine main kind of defense mechanisms okay and trust 5%. me the so there's the thing is i thought it was 10 but when i when i went uh you know looking for the 10th one like in the article that i was reading the 10th one said here's more so i'm like that's not exactly (laughs) the (laughs) tenth one. so i'm like you know what i'll go with the nine and then we can look into like the random other few ones so uh the first one right this one is called displacement so basic, uh, so I'm hundred percent sure anyone, like a lot of people can see this occurring, not maybe not in themselves, but maybe in other people. And what displacement is, is where we take our anger, frustration on people or objects that are considered less threatening. Okay. So yeah. what I mean by that is, for example, you've had a bad day at work, you know, you've had an argument with your boss or, you know, you've had a bad day at school. You've had an argument with your teacher, uni teacher, whatever it is, right? So instead of expressing ourselves in that moment and, you know, dealing with it on the spot because we're scared of the negative consequences, say you argue with your boss, you may get fired, right? Or you argue with your teacher, you may get a lower grade. Stuff like that. What we end up doing instead is we go back home and we we take it out on someone who's not as, you know, in a threatening position. Say your your partner, it could be your pet, it could be your child, you know, or your friend. So So basically channeling, channeling that anger, channeling that frustration, into something that that you know it's into, into a person who's it's, it's not it's even their fault exactly yeah a lot of the times that's the case so it's so the thing is with displacement i know like i mentioned when it comes with defense mechanisms that you know some are some can be beneficial some can't be it really depends on each one in my opinion displacement not the best one uh, to have as a defense mechanism because in the end what's happening you're hurting people that shouldn't be like you know that, like you're taking out your emotions on people you shouldn't be taking it out on. Do you know what I mean? I think, and also I think displacement is one thing that's very common. Very common. Very common. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm reading through all the ones right now and I feel it's something t- people will relate to all the time. Exactly, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, I think I've, I've definitely seen it in, um, in, within my, uh, like, you know, within my life as well. For example, like, you know, it could be, it could be at school. Yeah. yeah. So you know when we used to, uh, even uni. Remember when we used to get bad marks or whatnot, yeah. and like you know that we try to talk to the teachers to give us a boost and say like you know give us that fifty percent or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And for we you know they didn't get it, and we'd be I guess angry. And we like at that point we there's nothing we can do. You know there's no point dealing our anger out on the teacher. Later on in the day, you'll see that the other person gets pissed off at, you know, their mates. Everything, Just, yeah. Uh, like, you know what, anything that happens, you know, you ask them a simple question. Like, what the fuck are you asking me? Like, you know, stuff like that. So 
It's definitely a very common thing. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, a lot of these ones you you'll come to realize are actually generally very common. Let's move to number two. Yeah, uh, denial. Right. Have you heard of denial? Like um, <laughs> we've all heard of oh, this. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah? No, once again, I'm re- these are very common uh defense mechanisms 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 uh yeah mechanisms uh but yeah denial is definitely definitely once again uh i think i'm looking at all of these and after a point you realize like these all of them are just human nature they are and i think the big part is a lot of those uh i guess uh defense mechanisms you have are are really based on your experiences in my opinion yeah Uh, so like for example, denial, right? Uh, yeah. And I like to consider this one a uh, uh, more common than other ones because I feel like I've mentioned said so many. Oh, bro, you're in denial. Like you're in denial. Like I said all the time. I don't say, oh, bro, you're displaced. Like I don't say so, like. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. So for so for example, in denial, it's what that involves is you know when studies have looked at it, it's basically refusing to admit something has occurred or is occurring within your life, someone else's life and whatnot. So you'll, okay. So there's two kinds of examples I can bring up with this. Uh, there's death and there's addiction. Do you have any, can you relate to any of those ones yourself? Like where you've seen it in person? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, I, I guess with a lot of like, you know, with displacement, you can see as a, uh, as a as a bad thing, right? With displacement, if you're looking at someone who's angry or frustrated, displacement seems to be bad. But I think with denial, it's it it's not a. I, I don't think you can say something that's good or bad because it really depends on the circumstances. Correct. Like, yeah. No, you're right. With, because with death, mm-hmm. with death, denial is very common. Obviously. Exactly, and I right? think it's one of the stages of grief, right? So exactly, exactly. So it's it's something definitely that you definitely have to go through. I think yep. like in one of the stages of grief, but it becomes problematic when you stay in that stage. Yeah. yeah. So if I provide you with an example, I know like I mentioned death or addiction, what I specifically mean is let's look at it from an addiction perspective. Maybe, you know, some, you know, someone who takes drugs or drinks a lot of alcohol and it's a problematic behavior, right? Yeah. You can see it's a problematic behavior. Your their friends can see it. Their family can see it. They don't see it. Uh, so the thing is that person will admit that, okay, they are using these substances, but it's not a problem because they're in control. Generally, they're just, they're basically hiding it from like, you know, they're lying to themselves in that sense saying that, yeah, no, no, it's definitely not a problem. I'm doing fine. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So that's denial for you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. So moving forward to the third one, repression. So this it's repression and suppression. They're two different terms and I'll explain why. So I'm, I'm sure like, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, talking to our listeners or talking to you, have you heard someone say, uh, you know, the term maybe in a movie, in real life, repressed memories, suppressed memories, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So repress, let's look at repression first. So that's the defense mechanism, which is all about keeping out, you know, potential information from our consciousness while they still influence our behavior. But this one here is unconscious. Like, you know, basically you're, you don't remember these memories. You actually don't remember it. But what happens is it affects you in later stages. You may like, you know, if, if for example, in repression, 
you may have, you know, as a child gone through child abuse or, you know, something along those lines, you just may not remember it. But what happens is because they're repressed memories, you would have in like, you know, in your future, when you're like, you know, in adulthood, you may have trouble forming or creating relationships with people based off of that. So that's what I mean by it still influences people's behavior, even though it's repressed. So suppression. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Do you reckon with any of this repression and suppression, um, it could be voluntary and, you know, involuntary as well? So that's what I meant. Like repression is unconscious. So it's involuntary. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then suppression is voluntary. So okay. suppression is where we purposely remove it from our awareness. We refuse to look at it from any sort of like, you know, uh, if I was to give you an example of suppression. Okay, so you're having an argument or, you know, say, okay, I'll bring it back to work. Workers are very relatable. So your boss tells you, uh, okay, you know, to do like, you know, you have an argument with your boss, but what you do is instead of dealing with those emotions that you're going through, say it's anger, frustration, yeah, anxiety, you do the thing where you count to 10, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So basically you're, disregarding you're, it. Yeah, you're purposely suppressing it so you can move forward. So that's your defense mechanism. You're not actually reacting to the situation or your okay. emotions. So in that kind of situation, you can see suppression can be beneficial in some instances yeah. where you don't want to cause an argument and whatnot, and you just want to like move on. But my, th- I guess, so for ex- where suppression can become problematic is where, for example, you continuously are having issues with your boss causing you anger, anxiety, frustration, and every day you're just counting to 10 to get over it. That's obviously going to pile up. Your emotions yeah. are going to, you know, accumulate and it may cause you physical mental distress. So, you know, at those points of time, you may have to consider quitting your job because your mental health comes okay. first. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. So yeah. you, you can say that, you know, um, once again, with like it's, it's something you can't overdo with, 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 with suppression since it's such a, a mm. voluntary action. Yeah. You can't, you can't uh, overdo it, right? And I guess it also depends on what you're trying to suppress right exactly exactly right it really depends this was just a very like you know thing example yeah, yeah. Uh, very simple example there can be various ways you suppress you can even be, like you know it could be an argument we have with your partner you yeah know, you where do. you know you're wrong but you're still and like, where you know you're wrong but you're still you're trying to suppress the fact that you're wrong so you're trying to forget i guess that oh, not necessarily wrong. you don't have to be wrong in that kind of situation you could be right for all yeah. you know but you're just not, you could be right or wrong. It really doesn't matter what you're doing in that kind of situation. So for example, I think if you're right would make more sense. Cause if you, if what it makes more sense if you're wrong though, like say, you, say you are wrong and like, no, say you are wrong, but you're putting up a front, like pretending you are right. But no, so you're just, okay. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So say we're having an argument, right? And mm. I just realized that, oh fuck, I am wrong, but I don't admit it. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just ignore the fact that I'm wrong. Isn't and that not- denial then? Is that kind of suppression there as well, though? Uh, like, I think suppression is where we, like, you know, where we, where we're in a negative situation, yeah, uh, where we generally, like, we're put on the spot where we can't express ourselves. So, in those, okay. in that, like, you know, because of the negative, uh, you know, consequences that may occur because of that, right? So, I think what happens in suppression is, like I mentioned, like, you know, you have an argument with your partner. Generally speaking, okay, let's talk about it from this way. Uh, it's, it's a silly argument that you're having with your partner. Yeah, like yeah. there's really no point of doing it. And, uh, but this is something that's been ongoing for a repetitive basis. Like, you know, it always happens and whatnot. Like you always argue over the smallest things and the best way to do it, what, what you do is you 
avoid it now what you do is when your partner starts an argument you avoid it by just like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and just move along but the thing is you're not you're not actually facing the problem at that point because you know these things are happening on a consistent basis so you're suppressing it and removing the art like you know that situation from our awareness okay and then moving forward does that make sense or is that more confusing that that makes sense basically you're Mm. you're you're proactively uh you're proactively just trying not to think about it yeah that's basically you're proactively just removing it and changing your thing so but you can understand how it can be problematic yeah 100 percent. because once again it can be applied to i guess suppression of memories can be applied to a good situation and a bad situation yeah that's yeah yeah no you're right actually you know when you were saying that i guess in that bad argument like it can be applied in both situations now that you mentioned it because it can be a good thing or a bad thing it just depends on the context for sure exactly so i guess you're right yeah yeah exactly all right all right um so let's move on to the next one i know we've said that our conversations will be shorter but i feel like this conversation is dragging out for a good cause do you know what i mean exactly yeah yeah yeah. so let's let's continue so this one there are are some good ones like once again i don't think these Mm. these you know mechanisms is something people realize they do yeah because some, uh, like, like something yeah sorry go on exactly and I, you know what i've realized with our conversations that we have because it's such a it's such a learning moment for me yeah you start you start talking about this and you start thinking of the times you've kind of i guess displaced your uh, your anger or you've kind of been in mm. denial or you kind of yeah. suppressed your uh, your emotion so it gives you it gives us both a good i guess to you know look back in hindsight and be like fuck when i when i've had when have i done this or when you know how much i can relate to this exactly and there's no one like you know no not yeah. one person will stick to one defense mechanism like you know there yeah. there can be different mechanisms you use in different contexts it's not always going to be the same one which is why it's important like i think context matters a lot uh, so moving forward the i think this is the fourth one or fourth or fifth fourth one fourth one fourth? Fourth. okay sublimation so this one here i had no idea what it was called so sublimation is where Okay, so where we do behaviors that, you know, society considers unacceptable, okay, in a more acceptable manner. <laughs> so I know that may sound a bit confusing. <laughs> so doing unacceptable things in a more acceptable manner, okay? So generally speaking, what that means is say you're a person who's generally a very angry person, okay? Yeah. It will be unacceptable for you to go around punching every second person you see to vent out your anger, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you can do instead in, in what that defense mechanism does is like, oh, okay, you know what? You'll go to the gym or you'll join kickboxing, Muay Thai, you know, something like that to vent out your anger in a more acceptable way. Yeah. So are you saying, are you saying it's basically, you know, the first one of displacement, which is more like emotional displacement, right? Mm. Would you say this, uh, sublimation is basically physical displacement? Yeah, because, uh, well, to be honest, see, the thing is, unacceptable behavior in society is you know it could be various things displacement is yeah is associated more so with emotions i yeah yeah so yeah i think that's that's correct there with this one here you can still do behaviors that are considered unacceptable in an emotional yeah. manner i'm just giving a physical example if you okay. have an example of an emotional one you can also say that like uh like you know because in the end what you're doing here is basically it's not a bad thing do you know what i mean like this is what freud thought of as a sign of maturity because you're maturely venting yourself you're not going around like you know yelling and abusing everyone you're actually doing something about it by going you know kickboxing or something i think where it becomes a problem because i know this sounds like a very good defense mechanism if you you know on paper 
But I think where it becomes a problem maybe where if you're always consistently angry, right? Or you're just consistently angry and all you do is, you know, you go to kickboxing to vent it out or something. But what happens in those days where say kickboxing is canceled or the gym isn't open, such as for example, now, do you know what I mean? You know, martial arts or Muay Thai, you know, stuff like that. Anything physical, anything physical that gets, lets you vent out the end. So basically you're saying that you're always finding a way to kind of uh, channel it, but you're not actually dealing with it. Yeah. And remember, this is just one example. It doesn't necessarily mean sublimation is associated with this. You know, it could be, it could also be emotional i'm just giving you one example of it yeah yeah but yeah that's right projection is something you know that's the next uh the defense mechanism but we talked about that you know last time and now yeah. gaslighting episode so you can hear all about projection like previous episode but if you want just a quick one-liner it's where we see the negative qualities about ourselves in other people so generally speaking not the I, I wouldn't say it's the best thing to have because in the end it it is would you say projections also another because uh, I'm seeing a very strong correlation between projection and displacement because I guess it could go in hand in hand where you're kind of using displacement to point out your negative qualities in someone else. So, so, gonna, so you can use both of them. Like it's, yeah. you can use displacement to vent out your anger from work at home and then be like, you're the problem. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you can you can use two kinds of defense mechanism. And I think that's very dangerous <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> so like you, three or more, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rule about that. This is something we just made up. But yeah, yeah on, that, that's, but yeah. So that's projection for you. And um, okay, so intellectualization. This is the next one. This is the sixth one, I'm assuming. Sixth or seven? Uh, fifth, sixth, yeah, sixth. Six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, yeah, sixth. Okay, so this is where we try to think about events in an intellectual manner, okay? So I think this can also be used in a very good way and a bad way, okay? So, for example, you you could be a person who works in a contact center. You could work at, like, you know, customer service-facing role, and you've just dealt with a customer or a person on the street maybe, and they were very rude to you. You know, they swore at you and, you know, just basically all of that. And instead of emotionally responding to it or getting your emotions involved, what you do is you focus more so on why that person or customer responded or acted the way they did. So you can see how that can be a good thing, right? Because you're you're basically processing it detail by detail you're processing it without letting your emotions get involved which can okay. we can which can definitely be a good thing especially if you are in a customer facing role or because yeah. once if your emotions get involved and in like you know you're just going to have a pointless argument with like you know a customer or i don't think this is you know specifically just for customers obviously i think this is just in general when you're dealing with anyone yeah okay i can give you another example like let's not yeah. even like talk about it for a customer yeah exactly it doesn't have to necessarily even have to be exactly. a customer. It's gonna be any person uh, let's let's look at it from a perspective where uh, I, I know this was an example that the article gave and it was like you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Now you can, so what you do is you, instead of, you know, grieving about it and you don't let your emotions get involved, but instead you look up the details about the terminal illness, what it's about, yeah. intellectually looking at it instead of, you know, processing it and you can understand how that may also be bad for you because the more you i guess don't let your emotions get involved in certain situations the more out of tune you get with them and the and then i guess it becomes a situation where you don't know how to respond in certain in circumstances right yeah so that's what i mean intellectualization something like that can definitely be a good thing for you it just becomes may become it's, a problem 
in it's just basically like contemplation like hard contemplation of you know the event that's happened mm. and when you kind of you're not in touch with you you are kind of in touch with the emotions but you're kind of just more processing it uh on how it happened what could have you know what could have been better what could have yeah would have been different kind of thing exactly yeah you're looking at it from a point of view where your emotions aren't involved yeah okay yeah. okay that's good and then comes the third last one so this is i i think third last, third last uh, yeah third last yeah i think this is something once again people it's, it's human nature right I'll, I'll explain what yeah i'll okay. explain why so next one is obviously rationalization okay right mm. and i'm guessing that's where something an action you know anything we do we rationalize it now that could be a bad thing or a good thing mm. right mm-hmm. and what's yeah, the reason i say i feel like rationalization is human nature because do you know at at any point a person's gonna be like fuck i was wrong mm. right yeah so let's uh let's uh what, what kind of example can we give say you, you got on you know with rationalization say you're treating someone really badly right yeah I feel like in in a situation like that, you're obviously going to rationalize the fact that this person deserved it, or mm. what I did or what I said was right. Yeah. Mm. But if you look at it, you know, if you look at it from like a third party view or a holistic view, it wasn't right. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're not looking at the true reasons of why exactly. what happened occurred. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just looking at it from a logical perspective. So, but the thing is, the important part is the behavior is considered unacceptable. So yeah. you're 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 basically but you're rationalizing it. Yeah, you're explaining behavior that's considered yeah. unacceptable in a logical format, and you're yeah. not looking at the real reasons of why that behavior actually occurred. Yeah. Where do you think? Where do you think? What's a, what's a situation? Because mm. I, I actually have an answer for this. What do you think is where's the situation where do you think rationalization is very common? <laughs> Dating. <laughs> really. No, like, so dating, I'd say dating in, this is where you ask someone out on a date. Okay. So, so for example, you know, you, I was going to say more specific. I was going to be more specific. Okay. Go for specific arguments, arguments, Mm -hmm. arguments, right? Because I don't think, uh, in any, uh, I, I think in every argument, Mm. each person always assumes they are the right party. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm. So obviously, uh, only none of them know who's actually right. But both of them believe that, you know, oh, what I'm saying is right. What other persons believe what I'm saying is right. Mm. Now, this could be, you know, rationalizing uh, your argument with your parents, with your partner, with your friends, with your colleagues at work, with your boss. Mm. So I think arguments is one place where rationalization is very common. Because, I mean, I don't think any human goes lives life being like, fuck, I was wrong. I think it hits them after they've had, like, I guess, in. Uh, intellectualization. Fuck, I don't know why the fuck I fucked that up. Intellectualization. <laughs> intellectualization. But I think yeah. rationalization is very. It's a. Uh, it's a habit that's very common in arguments, specifically. In arguments, yeah, you could you could say that's the case as well because you try to avoid looking at what the reason behind it is, yeah. and and you just you know basically okay. Do you think it's? Do you think it's you avoid it consciously, or do you just think that? Your, uh, I guess, what? There's no term for it. You're just not thinking about it. See, so it could be either conscious or unconsciously. So you could be doing it voluntarily or involuntarily. I yeah. think, I think initially when we do that, it could, it can be both. That's the thing, right? With yeah. rationalization, it's it's like this. It's a technique that 
we can start using and then it just becomes a second nature. You know, for example, it, one example can be where you ask a girl or a guy out and they reject you. And then yep. what, and because they rejected you, what you start doing is you convince yourself that, oh, and you'll be like, yeah, oh, be just fun. kidding. You weren't even good looking anyway. Oh, you're not my type. And you know, he's <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you say this. Yeah. I'm thinking of your Instagram message. What was my Instagram message? The. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks. We got out of that one, boys. <laughs> Dodge the bullet there, lads. Dodge the bullet. <laughs> A beautiful bullet. <laughs> <laughs> A beautiful, magical bullet. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, I think rationalization is also very, actually, they're all really common ones, but mm. I think it's something people relate to a lot. A lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So as we move on towards the end, so this is our second last one, and this is called regression. Like, bro, last time I heard regression was in maths or some shit, bro. Like, no, no, stats or statistics. Linear regression, right? Linear yeah, regression. linear regression. I hear it in psychology a lot. Um, so this one here is, it's hard to explain because we need to know Freud's, uh, you know, psychosexual development uh, theory, I think it was. Or, like, there's different stages to it, but I'll try to, like, basic like dumb it down as much as i can because that's a whole that different be, ballpark that uh, so, <laughs> so uh, basically what regression is is it's where it's a defense mechanism where instead of using coping strategies that we sh- could be using we'll go back to maybe behaviors and patterns of behaviors we used in earlier stages of development now freud psycho um psychosexual development had five stages and it's basically looks at different ages like you know your age groups of when you develop for example you know zero to five uh, like thing is i'm just i can't remember the age so it's like from like zero to five years old maybe five to ten ten to fifteen you know those kinds of developments so yeah. so if and there's different stages and so are you saying with regression say um you're an adult you're basically dealing with an emotional situation yeah the same way a child would yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. So for yeah, yeah. So you're you could be yeah, stuck yeah, in that stage one or stage two where you know you yeah. cry. Like, for you example, gaslighting, bro. gaslighting. I'm not gaslighting, but what I'm saying is this is a it's a common it's a common defense mechanism. I'm not saying it's I a know, bad I defense know, mechanism, but what I'm saying is you could, for example, be stuck in that kind of uh, you know st- uh, psychosexual. Sorry, that stage of development where, you know, if something happens where you're distressed and you're fixated on one stage of, of that yeah. psychosexual development, one of the development includes crying, right? And crying is something that you may partake in if you are put in a situation like that. And it becomes a thing where if you're fixated in it, you generally, whenever you're faced with those, a lot of times you'll end up crying. So do okay. you... So instead of using maybe coping, but other coping strategies think, that may be helpful. Mm. Do you think, so you're basically saying crying is normal, but if that's your only uh, coping, uh, the way of coping with things, after a point of, it becomes regression? I feel, I feel everyone may get, a, you know, everyone might get a bit exhausted of crying if they can, like, you know, if it's a continuous thing, nah, if bro, that nah, makes nah, sense. Nah, nah, bro, Don't no you? Th- Nugget, never get never get rid of crying, bro. Day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I get I get what you're saying. I get mm. I get what you're saying because um I think I, I've witnessed this a lot. Mm. I witnessed this a lot because I think after a point, people 
stop you know they stop knowing ways of deal coping with things right yeah so we start dealing with things of how we used to in the past during our mm. development stage mm. so i see i guess regression is you know it's it's a once again it's a very common thing mm-hmm. but i think i think people fail to identify with it yeah that's true and uh, like i said I, I i am by no means saying crying because i know my best friend here loves a little good Shut cry. The f- <laughs> 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 yeah, to be honest i love a good cry but I'm I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I I think anything done in excessive manner may may become problematic. But I guess to each their own. Like I I don't know to be honest because I have never related to that. Like in yeah. terms of crying, yeah. uh, so I I can't really say much. But from what you're telling me, you're 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 saying that it's not problematic for you. No, no, I wouldn't say, I'm not saying it's not problematic or it's, it is problematic. Once again, crying is a very natural thing. Of course. So uh, it's not something, you know, uh, we, we're against, obviously, right? But I feel like crying with just every situation and that's your cop- cop- coping strategy for everything mm. would, be, would be just a sign of regression, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess every time you're distressed, you end up crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You want to, yeah, yeah, that's, that's basically it. So, all right, moving on to the, the last, last one. one. Oof. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't get this one. Reaction, reaction some- formation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reaction formation is where it, it, you are, I guess everyone will understand, like, you know, once we explain it's it. So sounds- reaction formation is where you use the opposite feelings to reduce your anxiety. Now, what that means is in Ooh. terms, in, in a defense mechanism aspect. So for example, you see on someone at a party that you don't like, you know, you're not. Or you big, like. You don't like. You don't like. You don't get along with. Oh, yeah, it could be you like. Exactly. You, it could be actually, yeah, no, definitely you could be. Depends if you like example. them. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, no, that could work as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. So let's, if we look at it from the perspective of you don't like them, right? You will do things. You greet them in an overly friendly manner to hi- actually, like, you know, hide your feelings about what yeah. you truly feel about them. So you're not going to, like, give them a like a cold shoulder or anything and be like hey bro what's up how you doing how you been you know stuff like that even so though deep a down much simpler word for reaction formation you just basically basically say feelings. mixed feelings uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, would say, I would say mixed feelings because you have so much anxiety you don't know how to deal with the personal situation you won't like deal with them anxiously or just like mm. you're pu- pushing every emotion out there so like, once again, if you, if you, if I give you an example, right? Say you go to a party and it's you see someone that you had a crush on, right? Mm. And a really hard crush on. Instead of dealing with anxiety, you're being overly kind of friendly, overly. Um, you're basically doing the complete opposite of being anxious. Your your no, so it's not got to do with feeling the opposite uh, of anxious. It's got to do with the feelings you have towards them. So if you yeah. like your, if you don't like that person, you'll be nice yeah. to them. If you like that person, you may not be nice to them. You know, stuff like that. It depends on the situation. So it's not necessarily got to do with the op, like the anxiety part. You, what you're aiming to do it's in both the feelings. situations. What are the feelings reduced. you are? What are the feelings you have? Basically, you're doing the complete opposite of it. Complete opposite of that. Yeah. To reduce because it's provoking anxiety, so you want to do the opposite because you believe that that's going to reduce your anxiety. Generally, does so. Yeah, that's that's how nine main key coping mechanisms. And the thing is, I think a lot of our listeners may under, like realize that we may have skipped a few. Like for example, humor is a big one. Like you know, it's a big coping mechanism. Oh, mad, mad, mad! The best <laughs> defense mechanism there is is humor. Yeah, it's good. No, I'm not, so I think a lot of these, like, you know, whatever 
defense. Did you have any examples maybe that I may have missed? Uh, do you, do you... Um, not really, dude. Like, once again, you're the, you're yeah. the psychologist here, so you probably <laughs> know a lot of this. But I think, uh, I'm trying to think of, do, do you have any personal ones do you think that, you know, that are not listed here? Or do you have any ones that are listed here you can relate to? I feel like humor, the one that I haven't been able yeah. to, that isn't listed, uh, is something that potentially that I can relate to. Because, yeah, humor is a big part of you know being you could say you know dark humor as well could be a defense mechanism where you make jokes about you know the tragedies in your life in a humorous manner as in, instead of coping with it do you know what i mean exactly yeah so like i mean if to, just to give people an example of what we mean as humor as a defense strategy it's like say something really bad happens right you you lose a job or you know you have a breakup or you have a, a fallout with a friend you basically instead of dealing with your emotions in a very i guess um how would you say it in a very, basically it was a confronting emotion dealing with mm. it. You start using humor as a way of just channeling that anxiety and the frustration out. Correct. So you start, you start making jokes about it. You start like, uh, if it's a bad thing, you start laughing about it and seeing that's a good thing and making like, you know, uh, kind of chucking shade, a shade at it and things. So it's basically, you're not dealing with it in the, in a, in a, in a tra traditional way. You know, yeah, exactly. That's basically, you're not dealing with it uh, as you generally, and that's just another form of, you know, another yeah. defense mechanism. So before we do finish up today, <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe we even thought about making 15 to 20 minute podcast episodes. I think we may have. To <laughs> yeah, we're, trying, we're trying, we're trying, but think, I think this is, this is, this one's worth it. So if you go mm. through the defense mechanisms again, mm. we have uh, displacement, uh, mm -hmm. denial, uh, repression, uh, sublimation, uh, you want to grab the rest ones? Rejection, intellectualization, rationalization, regression, reaction formation. So, so when you say reaction formation, for some reason, I think of transformers. I don't know why. That's such a weird <laughs> term, to be honest. Such a weird <laughs> name for a defense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So basically, these things were, you know, looked at by Freud and his daughter, Anna Freud. So the thing, a lot of these things, you know, you realize are very common within yeah. people you meet. You know, a lot of, so if, you know, for, for our listeners that are listening, I'm sure you guys must have related to at least one. I promise yeah. you at least one, if not, I don't know what I can tell you. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's important to note that defense mechanisms aren't necessarily bad, but it be may become problematic when there's patterns of it occurring compulsively where you continuously are, because a lot of the times you're avoiding a situation. And in the end, avoidance isn't going to really fix anything. Facing yeah. it is what's going to help your, like, you know, become, make you a stronger person. So def don't get me wrong. Everyone uses defense mechanisms and I'm not saying every defense mechanism is bad, but it's just it's context that matters. The context, context that matters. Yeah. It's context that matters as well as how often you use those defense mechanisms. So if you are able to relate to any of these and that you feel like, you know, it is a problematic thing, maybe it's time to start looking at it in a, in a light where, you know, maybe there's things we can work on. And if you do want to work on it in terms of, you know, I guess your, uh, your defense mechanisms, the best way in my opinion is always seeking professional help because they have, techniques that they are able to utilize for you that you know you may be able to you know start making changes and i know there's also cognitive behavior therapy books that you can also use that are like do it yourself you do it at home you can try it you know try it on yourself I mean, another yeah. simple simple way is just you know if you identify with one of these you know uh, mechanisms just uh 
look it up on Google. How do how do I deal with um, displacement of anger? How do I how do I deal with being in denial? How do I deal with uh, suppressing my uh, suppressing my emotions? Mm. Right. Google is also your your best friend in this. And once again, as we as we've said with all our topics, it's important to acknowledge and identify and I guess relate to uh, the content that you know that we uh, that we put up and also the topics that we put up because acknowledging it is the first step and actually dealing with it. And I guess you learn a bit more about yourself. Like, you know, speaking Correct. about, you know, displacement and denial today, we, I'm sure we can think back on of all the times that we've been, we've displaced our uh, emotions uh, in, a, in an unfair manner or we've been in denial of, mm. uh, you know, of, uh, of things. Mm. So yeah, the best way is just to kind of admit to yourself, yeah, I am in denial. I am suppressing my, uh, my you know, my emotions. I'm projecting my emotions. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with that being said, lads... That's also, the also end of another episode. It is, but like I would definitely recommend everyone to go and watch Teen Wolf. I've started watching Teen Wolf again. Oh, bro, that shit is amazing. Vampire Diaries only, mate. Vampire Diaries all the way. <laughs> Bye. Catch you guys later. See you guys in the next episode. Keep smiling. Keep smiling, lads.